Vamos, vamos, Harawai te toki. Hauye, huye! Tariki is a place where people can come and where we inspire, collaborate, grow, innovate, and co-create. And everybody is welcome. Everybody who's curious to question the status quo and pursue enduring change for our people. Yeah. Adele Zalbansare is joining us today from Toirito, part of the Taikia Fana. Thank you so much for joining us in this table. It's a safe space. It's a loving space. It's your space. And Kane and I, we just want to facilitate your beautiful story coming through in just uh, joining our repository of powerful stories, impactful stories mm-hmm. uh, of who we are in Taikie, what we're all about. I think the the gig is out a little bit. People might know already what's what's going on, what's kind of the magic here. We talk about the Aroha economy too many times. They, let's do it more hui. Yeah, it's kind of the theme is set, but we just want to add your color to it. And uh, yeah, tell us a bit about who Adele Salmanzari is, has been, or wants to be. Oh, thanks. Thanks, David. Thank you, Kane. Thanks for having me. Um, yeah, I mean, first of all, I'll probably start by saying that I became a refugee 33 years ago. Uh, and this is probably the first time that I feel fully at home anywhere in the world I've lived and in New Zealand. And I've lived in decent places and I've enjoyed being there, but uh, nowhere's felt like home. So now that I find a home, I felt um, inspired to do the things that I want to do. And so about 20, 20, 25 years of study education, development studies, fine arts, um, I wanted to combine everything because I didn't want to, I couldn't do justice to either of them when I was working full time. Now that I'm with my family, I'm in my home, hometown, Tairafati, I can combine everything. And this has been amazing blessing. So that's uh, that's where how I like to start it. Um, yeah, having come here as a, as a refugee about uh, 30, 30 years ago, it's really been a, a journey. You know, it's like a life of a refugee. As David, you can also acknowledge that that uh, no day is the same, no year is the same, uh, and it's all about learning. It's all about always thinking ahead and this idea of um, being a refugee is like you somehow can live in the moment because you're always planning the next thing you're planning where you're going to live you know how you're going to support yourself so so you end up developing this psyche of wanting to do more uh, wanting to be involved and sometimes you're doing it just as part of this journey that you've got as a refugee. Now I feel at home. I feel like I can uh, I can really develop this concept to Rito, uh, connect with people. I think perhaps the best thing that's come out of this is is making connections with people. Yeah. So um, shall I carry on with the story stuff? And, uh, Absolutely. <laughs> You're in a good role. I mean, I can I can really attest to the. The uncertainty of of coming from a place that you can't return to, mm. and not really know where, when you're going, and, and that need of 
finding something that's stable, secure, that you kind of know for certain, mm. and then always making plans ahead in order to give yourself that stability in trying to suss everything out mm. and map it out and see who's who and what's what and, and how it all ties together. And when you have a family, mm. it's a whole other level of engagement of your mind trying to always provide a safe space that you don't have anymore where you probably only knew for a short amount of time in your life and that it's like being a, a loose kite you know you're always kind of out there floating around not knowing where you're gonna land and looking from above and seeing all these things um and part of that journey is landing Mm -hmm. And I think Tarafiti has been that. Yeah, absolutely. Tarafiti mm -hmm. and Taiki has been that uh, for me as well. The um, the fact that is that I'm no longer planning as much as I used to. I'm no longer looking for the exit. Where's the, where's the back door? Where, where can I go if this isn't safe? Where can I go if this isn't the place? If this isn't my tribe? If this isn't where I belong? because yeah. it's just it's really alien that idea of belonging doesn't doesn't ring true anymore uh but the last man it's gonna be 10 months now of hanging out with this this crazy crowd has done the the healing for me quite a bit of it i mean there's you know a lifetime of work to do but the the obsessive compulsion of figuring out what's the next step is winding down finally. And I wish, I wish you that because it feels like release. It feels like, like contentment. Mm -hmm. And I can see that every day you're, you're a little bit more worried about next year and a little bit more enjoying <laughs> the conversation right in front of you and the Kai, especially when you cook and when you share Kai and when you uh, say a prayer or when you say, this is Persian, <laughs> X or Y, I brought it, and you share a, that that little bit of you that is it's so big. Um, I can see that you're just kind of allowing yourself to to land to ground yourself in this moment, and uh, it's funny because Kane was just saying that everybody just walks in into Taiki, and then that's it. You know, you're in, <laughs> and it's it. I think it's a very similar process for anyone, even if we're not refugees and that, that quoted or around being system refugees of actually being in a place in which you don't have to do X or Y or Z to be acceptable, or you don't have to pretend to be X or Y or Z or Z to be, to fit in or to be appreciated. But the opposite is when you actually just relax and, and, and kind of, melt into the real you is when we when we click and when we when we're most ozone together and when when everything runs more smoothly is when we actually just enjoy ourselves being here together as a founder <laughs> and it just man and that's what brings people in because every time one of those moments come someone else walks in that's new and wants to stay like that wellness day that we had that and uh, the week before last that's when tehemara walked in just after we've had one of the most relaxed days in the whole week that had been hectic, 
this person feel felt the white one he came in and he said what's what's going on and every time there's something like that there's someone else walking in and finding refuge and finding um was that 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 word that I was asking you about the other day of the, and you said mahitahi but I was looking for kotahitanga and parangatanga and mm-hmm. and just taiki and that's my little rant but so keep going with your story because <laughs> you're really going really well so you touched me <laughs> you really did uh, yeah I'll sort of pick pick up on the bit you talked about healing and trusting you know this uh, I think you you because of uncertainty that you you experience as a refugee uh, this idea of trust is a big thing trust that people are going to do right by you trust that you can work with other people and um and that has sort of continued uh through my working life and then you really as you said you walk into a place like this and you you can wear the clothes you want you can you you want you want to say what you want to say you want to cook you want to clean you you collaborate uh, and people are just friendly you know they they don't accept you to expect for you to do anything uh, they just show manakitanga and uh, i exp- i felt that from the day one uh, so that's really um, credit to Renee and Kane for uh, opening up a space for people like us who uh, don't have family. Actually, I have zero blood relations other than my own kids. But in terms of cousins and aunties and uncles, and uh, I don't have any of those. So, um, yeah, it's like a second home. Uh, and uh, and that's why I'm still here and really just wanting to be around you guys and learn. Uh, and I feel, so that place of healing and safe, the safety, so feeling safe that you can be yourself. So this is this is why I think Taiki is, uh, is such a key part of this uh, community now. Uh, and, uh, and we can, we can all uh, share the same dreams uh, and we can also learn from each other. So this is pretty special. Yeah. The, um, yeah, such an interesting perspective that you bring Dell in terms of your refugee, you know, coming to Aotearoa many moons ago. Um, but then you've also had a, um, yeah, really interesting journey since arriving here and done lots of, uh, amazing mahi all around the world. Um, you know, particularly for uh, refugee mm. uh, communities and organisations all around the world. Tell us a little bit about the mahi that you've done in that mm. space. I think that the uh, from from day one, I I knew that I could connect with uh, in Wellington, where I grew up um, initially. Uh, I could connect with Maori and Pacific Islanders because we had similar experiences. We had. Um, uh, similar uh, enjoyments, you know, with uh, with food and hospitality and uh, having fun, you know. So right, right from those first few years, um, uh, they were there to support me. And so this this idea of connecting with indigenous people, being indigenous from Persia myself, connecting with indigenous people, 
was an important way of feeling uh, connected and feeling that I belong to this place. Uh, so my work has been pretty much a combination of uh, working in the Pacific, working with Aboriginals in Australia, coming back, and it was uh, it was almost uh, 20 years after I had arrived here that I was reconnected to my refugee uh, sort of uh, story that I ended up um, working with refugee students uh, to support them to perhaps uh, realize their dreams. Um, so this this uh, ability. This ability and uh, opportunity to work with refugees, migrants, and indigenous populations, Maori Pacifica, as a teacher, as an advisor, uh, and consultant, has been uh, has been rewarding, and also it connects me back to a sense that you. Uh, you've experienced what it feels like to lose land, to lose your family, to lose your language and culture. So I've, I've experienced that as a refugee. So it is really easy to engage with uh, indigenous populations who've also experienced uh, a similar thing when they moved to New Zealand or in the case of Maori um, the indigenous, the Tangata Whenua, experiencing uh, language loss and cultural loss in their own um, in their own land uh, is something always interests me. Um, I'm really lucky to be married to Maxine, who is of um, Samoan and Maori descent, and who has Fakapapa to Uawa and uh, Nati Paro. Uh, that uh, and my children, of course. Um, and that really connects me directly to, to the Finua uh, through marriage. And I don't take it for granted. I, I, f- I feel it's a privilege. It's something that I think about every day. And I feel that uh, I would be um, a grandfather of, uh, of children who will have Papa to this coast. Uh, and uh, and to do whatever I can uh, to connect with their people, uh, to share a meal, to cook for them, uh, and to learn from them is like I, I don't take it for granted. It's, it's the first time in my life that I don't take neither people moments or days for granted. I wake up every morning feeling grateful. Uh, and that has taken a good 30 years to get to this point, to feel really at peace and grateful for uh, everything that's been given to me. Uh, and it's come um, through a lot of hard work, but I still think it's, uh, you know, I feel, I feel blessed, yeah. Talk to us, um, just sort of picking up that, kind of getting into... Uh, one of the other gifts that you bring is around art, mm-hmm. and uh, you know, art as a as a tool for creative expression, but also for healing and for connection and for stimulating conversation and lots of 
um, you know, it's a tool for lots of great things. Talk us a little bit about the mahi that you've done with um, Prince for Good and where did that sort of come from? Mm. Um, I think in terms of um, having that background in, in fine arts and then getting busy with life as we do, you know, that came with... Uh, with uh, you know mortgage and house and a full time job and a, and children you kind of you kind of forget about the things that makes you truly happy in terms of mahi you know and and art has always made me the happiest out of every job that I've done so uh, while I was um, while I was doing my PhD I uh, I decided that I didn't want to do just any random uh, methodology. I wanted to connect it to the to arts. So I use uh, sort of arts-based methodologies to carry on my research. Um, 2018, I, I got this opportunity to go to Glasgow as part of a, um, a refugee artist uh, program. And uh, in there, I had this opportunity to run a printing workshop, which I've done printing for for a long time um, for different people, different occasions. Uh, And the Refugee Council of Scotland invited me to do some prints for them. And they asked me, what do you want us to do with it? I said, well, if we can raise some funds with it, you know, go for it. So I was in my hotel room. Uh, literally with some carving tools, carving some lino to get, to get it ready for the next day for this um, for this workshop slash fundraiser. Um, so when I came back from Scotland, I sort of felt like, um, well, I'd like to carry on with this. And uh, unfortunately, the tragic events of... Um, uh, uh, Christchurch uh, mosque attack happened in uh, sort of um, I think it was I believe it was March uh, March 2019 and then uh, I sort of felt like well I've got to I've got to do something so it was a beautiful beautiful family um, uh, a husband and a wife who were expecting their first child and he he sadly lost his life in one of the attacks. So I wanted to choose just one particular family who could benefit the most from, from a fundraiser. And so uh, as part of that fundraiser, I came up with the name Prince for Good and had to set up some, you know, um, some uh, contacts for it and uh, so on and uh, turn it into a more of a bit of a project because I wanted it to be successful and uh, we wanted to, to raise a decent amount of money for this, uh, for this mother and her, her future baby, which she was still pregnant at the time, I remember. So one thing, uh, that, that was the starting point. Uh, and, um, and then I felt like, yep, I, um, this is connected in me to my true, true self as an artist in a small way. Uh, I can, if I do prints, it will connect me to, uh, to becoming an artist again. And, uh, and so it's carried on. I've done this a number of times since, uh, 2018. 
and a decent amount of money has been raised in uh, for a number of initiatives and NGOs that I'm very proud of. Uh, and uh, and something that uh, I wanted to grow um, after moving to Tyrafati. So a uh, little bit of a history of it, I guess, is um, uh, I love the fact that it brings people together. So a, a workshop to produce 50 prints. Um, I just did one at our house, actually, uh, for, for another project where I had up to about uh, five, ten people just dropped in for a cup of tea and had a go at making some prints. Um, so it brings people together. It gives me a lot of joy. It's creative. Uh, and what I like the most about it is that uh, you can be a five-year-old or a 50-year-old and your print will look just as good. So everybody feels like Everybody f- leaves feeling like they they are creative and they have potential to create. They don't have to be an artist, but they can be creative. So that's, yeah, that's what I love about uh, Prince for Good. Yeah, that's really cool, man. Mm-hmm. It's um, so it's like an open-hearted space. Eh? It's a, mm-hmm. uh, it's um, yeah. Uh, art is a it's a beautiful vehicle for so many things. Uh, you know, you can do terrible things like propaganda, but you can do the opposite of that, bringing truth instead of proselytizing and, and, and distorting reality. Or you can just distort reality in a beautiful way. But whenever you do art, like for real art, in which you open yourself to what it is that you're perceiving through all your senses, including your mind and your white one, and everything you bring it all together into the, into a piece of of new reality that wasn't there before um and and that's kind of the one of the most beautiful forms of magic that i can think of of creating something from nothing and it's empowering it's so empowering because when you feel that you don't you can't when you feel that you can't really affect your 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 reality your environment you when when there's this feeling of disconnection this feeling of abandonment of of being small and powerless art brings that all back and it does so in a way that's meaningful to you um and i i I can see and feel how you enjoy facilitating that it's it's beautiful because people that are completely disconnected from art and um, that believe themselves to be not creative or, you know, kind of dry in that sense, um, come to you and you're all welcoming and, and all nice and with all your manakitanga as well. And you bring that uh, that support that, uh, you know, when a baby's it's starting to walk and, and we hold their little arms so they can take that first step and then the second step and then they go on and they go from chair to chair. That's pretty much what you're doing for people. Um, um, allowing, by opening your heart in this courageous space, in this courageous way, you're um, helping us be courageous ourselves. And yeah, I hadn't realized, but I think in a way, since your first workshop here, I've been opening myself to to being more open and vulnerable myself, and and 
engaging with um, art in a way that I hadn't before I came to Aotearoa as well. Um, yeah, it's it's such a powerful, a powerful element in the mix of, of this fare. Uh, and it's just, it's unexpected and it's, it's spontaneous. So yeah, this, it's not really a question. It's just an appreciation of, of what you share with us, um, and how you tie it all together. Really, I feel that it's a very, very powerful element that we were, I think we're just really happy to, to bring to the community just through this space. And uh, I've, I've kind of kept thinking to myself, uh, what is your artistic work in the last few months? I and mean, where's where's your art? You're not doing photography anymore. Um, you're not writing anymore. I've kind of become divorced with those two spaces, and it's hard because they used to bring me all that healing, all of that <laughs> grounding, all of that um, empowerment. And I think that you know gardening and podcasting and this is a place and when when we sit around this table and we talk about difficult things um things are that go untalked about they go a little bit kind of hushed around our usual kind of day-to-day it's it's an art form and and i really enjoy the the art of conversations <laughs> we can you know, tell yeah 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 <clears throat> you know shit talking you can call it shit talking but i call it the art of conversation uh and i'm gonna keep going with that for a while yeah. we're gonna start calling you michelangelo yeah <laughs> the michelangelo Mike. <laughs> uh i Mike. like sunshine but yeah you know <laughs> start calling you mike <laughs> um but for like one of the things that in, in in tying into your your copa pine where it comes from yeah. of of trying to empower other people to tell their story mm. is what i would love to do through podcasting and it was my my first um intention when i sat in front of a microphone kind of almost two years ago was to talk about the things that we would keep quiet about mm-hmm. and the first thing that really riled me up was cannabis and how it was portrayed in media and, and all of the disinformation and the and the harm that this information brings um to especially the young and the vulnerable but truly there's so many subjects and so many kopapa that um touch my heart that all i wanted to do was to put a microphone in front of someone else so they could talk about their kopapa because mm-hmm. I'm just talking, right? This is the, the most that I do is talking. <laughs> and, and sometimes that talking and being open and being vulnerable allows other people to open themselves up and show and be proud of what they've done and what they're doing and who they are and, and say it out loud, you know, and, and keep it, keep it in record and show it to others and uh and i feel that i'm I'm so glad that we have this as a part of our fare to, today that we can bring people that are already pretty courageous but in a way that they, we can elevate them and elevate each other through saying 
what you're telling me right now, this story is so powerful and so inspiring that I want to share it with everybody that I come, I come into contact with. And so your story is one of the, those stories. And um, I really want to thank you for allowing uh, me to, to be part of telling it. And, and you know, there's, there's so many connections between the two of us um, that, yeah, it's a privilege to be here mm-hmm. with you. And I do have a question and it's coming right up now. I don't, it's not in my mind. It's in my heart. Um, I have to feel it or hear it. <laughs> oh, you got to feel it with your heart and hear it with your heart. How do you feel? Uh, what is it going to take to finally settle in this beautiful land? Like, do you feel that there's going to come a day that you're going to stop running we're just going to stop being a refugee mm-hmm. and become a a local, you know, mm-hmm. that's, uh, that's one of the things that I, I want for myself. And of course, as a, as a, a fellow refugee, yeah. I, I wish that for you as well, mm-hmm. that you become, mm-hmm. you find a home mm-hmm. and you, mm-hmm. you can finally come out mm-hmm. through the door every day in this, and breathing the air, like mm-hmm. it's yours. Mm-hmm. Do you feel this, that moment is coming or, uh, what do you think it would take for you? Uh, so in terms of the people talk about uh, refugee being a label, I've, I've never had any problem with that label because it has provided me with an opportunity to tell the story of my people who are uh, the, the members of the Baha'i faith in Iran. We are severely persecuted for over 170 years. Uh, and so uh, when you think about a community of thousands and how oppressed they are, even to this day, and you have an opportunity to tell the story, then you kind of take, you, you, want, you want that opportunity. You want to take that opportunity and you want to tell the story. They don't have opportunity to do a job they want to do. They don't have the opportunity to go to the schools. They can't go to university. They can't own a house. Um, Their their farms are being taken and confiscated. Their houses have been burnt. They've been put into jail. So by keeping that label, I tell the story. So... That's the side that I think, if I if I use the word refugee, still is is probably not so much because I don't feel settled, is because you can't be fully settled if the ones who you love are in uh, ter- turmoil, mm-hmm. in uh, in in a sense that they they can't get up the next day and know. Th- with certainty, they're going to have a job and they're going to have a food on the table. They're going to be safe. So I can't completely let go of that identity of a refugee as long as I live until my people are free to practice their faith, to to be of service to their country. And so that's sort of, um, that's really... Uh, my always this concept of not feeling settled and there's deep down inside I have family there and you cannot help uh, to have so much freedom 
so much opportunities and they have none of it. You know, it's not like they have some of the opportunities. They actually have none of the opportunities, none of the freedom, none of the joys, none of the food, the ability to connect with amazing people like yourself and be yourself. So I've got to keep them at the back of my thoughts all the time when I'm here, when I'm at home, uh, and when I'm even enjoying something like Prince for Good. I still think about them, yeah. I think um, what some of your story shows, Dale, is um, your amazing ability to kind of turn your own circumstance and story, you know, into your place of strength and where your gifts kind of come from is, you know, that, that refugee background is now you kind of walk in a place of being able to translate and, and help tell other people's kinds of stories and reconnect, you know, with um, with their past or, you know, as you're sort of talking about lots of Indigenous people around the world is I think it kind of often takes special, special people to um, to walk in those places and to be able to sort of understand and feel and hear um, and help to kind of tell those stories in lots of different ways and art being kind of one of those mm. those um, those tools that helps to to do that kind of work particularly for you know indigenous populations and in in other communities that have done it pretty tough. Um, which kind of takes us to um, a bit of the here and now um, in terms of, um, so, yeah, for those listening, we connected at a garden, um, Dell and I, and I think Lobo, you guys connected at a garden too. Yeah. Service, yeah, service brought us together. Yeah, service yeah. brought us yeah. together. There's, there's a story to in serve that. others. <laughs> there's a story in together, that. Yeah. Um, working uh, connected at a garden, mm. at, um, which some rangatahi have been kind of putting together, mm. you know, mm. as part of another project. Um, but through, yeah, just kind of chatting over weeding and wheelbarrowing <laughs> and shoveling <laughs> kind of dirt. Yeah. Um, well, there were well three, two things in common. One, we both worked at the Ministry of Education, <laughs> which was a, a whole nother kind of episode, kind of talking about that. Um, I thought you're not going to go there. Yeah. <laughs> Brings there. back anxiety. Uh, so I connect on that, and then um, I've just um, started my PhD, and Dell, um, you know, has been on the PhD journey as well. So hmm. it was kind of good timing in terms of sharing stories oh. about, um, you know, that sort of. But kind of through some of those talks and then um, the mahi here at Taikie um, is yeah, that really kind of Dell's passion for using art as a way of connecting uh, communities, um, but also using art as a way to help facilitate lots of um, different conversations. Um, and we sort of... Um, yeah, sort of came to a place of coming up with Toy Rito, um, which I'll let Dell kind of, um, yeah, just talk us through kind of how that came to be, Dell, and what, what that co-papa is all about. Well, thanks, Keen. Um, yeah, yeah, we have, we do have quite a common, a common journeys, uh, you and I, and and it's this is why we f I feel quite close in terms of our co-papa, and also just just on life and at the at a spiritual level, at a social level, I feel quite at ease with your whānau. 
Well, uh, yeah, I, I think I, I resigned from my job, moved to Tairafati and uh, and then uh, came out of the lockdown. <laughs> <laughs> and then I thought, well, what am I going to do with 20, 25 years of um, work and a study in in sort of social sciences and education and art? And uh, one of the things that I do and we talked about it was just find somewhere that I can be of service, you know, and, and I think, um, uh, after I was connected, uh, through David to Taikia that, uh, I might've been told about this uh, Friday Dewey and I thought, well, I got, I got no job, so <laughs> I got nothing at the moment. Uh, so I turned up and that was awesome because I've connected to some incredible people just, um, just digging some soil and you know getting <laughs> getting uh, getting weed out of the soil is is has brought so much connection so much uh joy and support for me in my new hometown um uh, and so after the obviously after the lockdown a bit of thinking a bit of what I want to do and uh uh Ken you've mentioned to me that uh, the 17 sustainable development goals has been on your radar as well with Taiki and you wanted to do something. So I think one in the middle of the night, I thought oh, I want to do something. <laughs> uh, I don't want to just, um, just sort of take a year off. You know, I wanted to get back into some action, but in my own terms, <laughs> uh, not, not being uh, forced or, or uh, pressured by a system um, or, a, or a structure that uh, wasn't condu conducive to my health. Uh, it was in my own terms, having the freedom to develop something. So um, we had a uh, we had a quarter row possibly about three months ago, maybe, and I came up with this crazy idea of let's do all seventeen art <laughs> workshops before the year ends. <laughs> <laughs> And uh, Kane and Renee, being the people they are, they they seem to have difficulty to say no. <laughs> so you said yes, and from there the the name came up, beautiful name that uh, Kane came up with uh, and helped me with that. And uh, my lovely girl Carmel has done a beautiful logo for it. Uh, it's legit. <laughs> it's uh, it feels official, and it makes me feel like I get up in the morning and I've got a purpose. And so um, when, uh, and and please, uh, you know, for the listeners, do look at those 17 um, sustainable development goals. And there there is one of the goals, two of the goals or more, something that you could be passionate about and getting out there, whether you are an artist, whether you are a writer, whether you are whatever field you are in, there is a way of connecting to these goals because they they guide and dictate the the humanity's uh, collective or collective good for the next ten years. Um, you know they they are not perfect. There's many many things, many hurdles to really achieve this. But as Kane always says, there's the little things we can do that we can um, we can uh, support these uh, goals and bring them locally uh, and make them meaningful to the local population. Uh, 
um, and that's what Toyrito has done. Uh, really uh, simple art projects, as simple as making bookmarks for one of the goals, which is peace, uh, justice, and um, um, good institutions, strong, strong, strong institutions, institutions yeah. yeah. Um, just making bookmarks at the local library. That brought about, uh, I think, about 25 to 30 young and old together, and they learned about that goal. They, they did something creative. Uh, we're doing one uh, this Wednesday at uh, that beautiful Mara that... Um, uh, Lobo uh, David is the Kaitiaki for uh, and we're going to do some garden design there uh, we've done a large probably the largest uh, in terms of uh, size of the work is something at the Waikanae Beach we did something for life below water uh, I hope to do one more of those uh, before the year ends uh, so it's it's not uh, it's not about the skills it's about participation it's about service, working together. And I've met some incredible people uh, that I'm still in touch with uh, and, and really um, proud to be uh, uh, connected to and call friends. So, yeah. Awesome. And, um, yeah, so a couple of things. So one is, like, in terms of the name, which is really beautiful, uh, Toy being... Uh, art or a form of expression, uh, and Rito being the um, uh, the centre uh, strand of the harakeke, the flax uh, bush. So the the saying hutia te Rito te harakeke, um, and then it, you know what is the most important thing at being people. Um, yeah, kind of you know weaving that together really beautifully in terms of art being a. Um, being a a strain to weave together these different conversations across mm. the seventeen sustainable development goals, which mm. is uh, so hugely ambitious. Uh, seventeen <laughs> <laughs> workshops. I think what are we up to? Number thirteen, fourteen, thirteen, fourteen of them. <laughs> um, yeah, kind of in the space of a couple of months. No money, um, just all into it. Um, and I think you know, like. Um, we laugh now, but um, I was saying, yeah, yeah, yay, and uh, Renee was actually like, whoa, whoa, whoa. Uh, <laughs> the voice of reason. <laughs> what, what's this all about? <laughs> um, but, there's, you know, there's something yeah. kind of magical when it's just let's, you know, not that sort of trying not to do too much, but sometimes when you just go for it, you know, when it just yeah. feels good and it's like um, this is a really important co-papa to kind of bring the right people have turned up at the right time um, what yeah. re you know let's let's remove all the barriers and just kind of go with it mm. um, the mm. the beautiful stuff that can kind of you know flow from that and so you know for one thing this house is just full of art now um, you know because every week we've been kind of doing something really creative and artistic um, but also you know in terms of um, 
the corridor that it has stimulated, um, like we've, you know, done beach art and so all the whānau that have gone down there. We've made friends with uh, one of the florists, the local florist in town who kind of came to, you know, do floral art around sort of health and well-being. Uh, we've made relationships with one of the local schools and gone down to the kura and, met, you know, sort of done a bit of art with with some of the, um, some of the tamariki. Um, there's been so many kind of cool highlights and discussions that have come from it. Um, and now it's kind of thinking about, yeah, how do we how do we set this up? Because this is worthy of um, of being a project here in our community, mm-hmm. um, using art as kind of the way in. Um, but these are really powerful discussions that, um, you know, we can use the sustainable development goals as a – as a tool for bringing our community together and then really starting to think about some of these big, not only global issues, but local issues. Like the one last week was around fresh water and we had um, one of the guys from council come in and, and talk about water quality and, um, and water health, um, river, river and stream health. Um, and just the urgent work that needs to kind of go on, you know, in some of those spaces to um, to look after our our way and our whenua, um, you know, and then it starts getting the ideas going. So, like, um, how can we pull, you know, different parts of the community together? Um, what can we just kind of, you know, initiate and get the ball rolling to build some momentum? And I think that's been the power of Tweety Tours. We've got the ball rolling and it started some great momentum across these sort of spaces. Do you? What do, what do you think? Oh, it's you, you. You've said it, Kane. It's it's been amazing. The the people who have turned up, and uh, you know, a lovely couple fruit pickers, and and they are involved in uh, orchard maintenance, and they were. Uh, it's just one example of of how powerful it, it it's been. It's a really really good story, actually. So um, uh, we had a, a wonderful guy who came with his wife and. Uh, he's one. He's probably in his fifties. I'd say he wanted to do art all his life, but he never had the opportunity. So uh, he was going to. It was around the election time. So he came to vote, and we we he was passing by. What is this place? Is you know, print? <laughs> with yellow doors. <laughs> mm. And he came in, and uh, he just loved it. It was like uh, it was a uh, you know. Um, uh, something he wanted to do all his life, but it didn't end there. We, I, I was talking to him. I said, well, why don't you just carry on doing watercolor and, and drawings? He said, uh, yeah, yeah, I, I like that. So, you know, one day he turned up and I gave him some watercolor paint and uh, uh, off he's gone to create. So that's an example of someone who never had the opportunity to to be creative, but wanting, wanted to be. And Torito sort of inspired him to do art now yeah. i bumped into him in countdown on the weekend <laughs> <laughs> and um he was so raving about it and um was saying that he now because i think he was doing he was a fencer or he was working yeah, yeah. on a farm or something and he, he was, was saying he was doing sometimes um, sometimes i just go and i sit for a couple of hours and do watercolor <laughs> kind of sketches and yeah. paintings and stuff yeah. of the landscapes and it's kind of just um really turned the light bulb back on yeah. for him you know in terms of his creative kind yeah. of energy yeah. he couldn't um 
Yeah, he was still raving about it. He's got such a beautiful story. And so he, he participated for 11 years in the wetland restoration behind Young Nick's head. Wow. And he pretty much remembers every minute of it as a, the most kind of... He's just so grateful to have been part of that. And he was in love with all the greens and the growth mm. and all of these things. Yeah, hey, that that was one of the connections that I remember, Brent. And yeah, it's got a beautiful story and, and yeah. a lot of powerful words uh, to put in there. And I'm so so happy that he's he's going at it because yeah, oh, para. Yeah. A lot of generosity yeah. as as uh, you know we we've done this uh, with absolutely no funding all our time, and uh, all the um, facilitators. They've all done it, uh, you know, out of the goodness of their hearts, and and also uh, many of them are connected to Taiki and uh, Kane and Renee, and and they, you know, I'm a new guy in town, so it's been amazing that based on the trusting relationship that uh, they've had with uh, with Taiki and yourselves, is that they said, yep, we'll 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 chip in and we'll come and run this workshop, uh, turn up to a workshop, support the workshop, so. Uh, it's a lot of lot of generous people, and uh, yeah, I feel I feel grateful that I've met. I would say at least fifty new people through Torito for the past couple of months. Just just people who were passing by while we were doing a project, and they came in, or they um, uh, you know um, they they read the advertising, they saw the Facebook page, uh, and so. Uh, I think, uh, yeah, we don't take it for granted that people actually gave up their own time to participate and show us that this could this could work and this could actually bring um, a really good positive um, connection to these goals, but also just improve the improve life for uh, everyone in Tairafati, you know, uh, from all sides of town could benefit from um, uh, focusing on these goals. And um, uh, it's about everyone, isn't it? We all, we all in this together, isn't it? Mm. Yeah. Yeah, my highlight was playing with the Lego. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> bought, bought my own a childhood um, self back, and so we were um, we were doing spatial planning uh, as yeah, goal cool. number eleven, sustainable communities, and um, doing sp- spatial planning uh, or town planning with a bit of a difference by playing with the Lego. Um, and such kind of powerful conversations, yeah. a couple of people from council and, yeah, yeah. you know, a couple of random people from community just talking about, you know, different area, areas of town and transport and housing and, you know, some really critical issues. But, um, you know, that artistic kind of creative piece really helping yeah. to just um, create space for lots of good conversations. Um where, where to from here for Twitty Tor Dell? Where where would you love to see that um that Kopapa kind of go to next? Yeah. Yeah, I think uh twenty 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 one will be really exciting. Um I've I feel it's it's proven to be something reasonably effective uh and it uh, it well, it it's probably um, 
Uh, I guess the time pressures something that I will not do again. Trying to <laughs> uh, trying to put seventeen at the end of the year. Uh, definitely trying to do seventeen projects throughout the year. Maybe starting from February, going right up to maybe November. Uh, so just spreading them, um, seeking some funding and sponsorship. It'll be it'll be awesome if uh, some of the Tairafati businesses come on board and sponsor uh, an art project or one of the goals that's relevant to their mahi uh, and kopapa um, and uh, and it'll be it'll be awesome to to offer the facilitators uh, some koha as well for their efforts and promote their businesses so i've already got um, wonderful people uh, like uh, vicky who is part of the fano here in taikie she she likes to do one on uh, on um, uh, Raringa, uh, and uh, we have uh, yeah we have all other creative people who will come on board and and do uh, a project each. So yeah, so I'm I'm excited about next year, and I feel we've learned a lot, and it's um, it's time to sort of um, uh, take those learnings and make it uh, make it bigger, but make it more exciting and more uh, more accessible. Uh, to more of the population here, more of the locals. Yeah, yeah. It's um, I think the next year could be uh, there's so many good things coming next year, especially in Taikie. Watch this space. Uh, but localizing it, it's I think that's what that's what happens next year is just bringing this kopapa for for everyone that that's an artist that's um. You know, engage with why, with Fenua, with Tangata, with with all of our challenges and responsibilities as a community, and and seeing what it looks like when we get together and in a way that that looks towards the future, right? And <laughs> and and now we know that art is really a powerful tool for it. Uh, it's really exciting. <laughs> Yeah, no, looking forward to um to next year and where this project can go to mm. and um yeah, opening up these these conversations that are really important for our communities to be engaging with. So I think um we're really blessed to have you with part of our whānau Dell, uh you and all your whānau here at uh, Taikia and yeah, really looking forward to um not just kind of working it out and continuing to kind of build on what I think has been a really successful, mm. you know, sort of um, co just to kind of get it fired up and, yeah, yeah. yeah, heaps of learnings, heaps we can kind of scaffold off yeah. going into next year. Um, and, and then, yeah, just, you know, beyond that kind of program, it's just yeah. um, more great whānau here at yeah. Take here, which, um, you know, that's what, um, it, it, it's the teamwork to make the dream work. Yeah, so, yeah. Uh, oh yeah, absolutely. Like above, above it all, uh, to maintain our unity, uh, to work together, to to want to be around each other, uh, and you know, it's it's the service. At the end, I think going back to that, you know, the three of us sitting here and the rest of the funnel, we will we will work together, do things for each other, not expecting anything other than just. Uh, being together, you know, and 
And, you know, at the core of Toyrito, at the core of Taiki is service to others uh, with, um, uh, with joy and with fellowship and just, just, uh, just Aroha, which is, uh, you know, we all, we all, all this stuff we need to feel we, we belong somewhere is offered right here in Taiki and, and great coffee too. <laughs> Thanks, <Okay>. Renee. <laughs> uh, and on the odd Tuesday, a really awesome Persian dish. Oh, uh, <laughs> oh bring it back, eh? Hey? Yeah, yeah, bring it back. Tasty Tuesdays for life. Yeah, man. Oh, that's gonna be a T-shirt now. <laughs> oh, in in my, in, I'll be I'll be turning up in my 80s and 90s, expecting that I'm yeah. gonna get some lunch. Yeah. <laughs> you're get, you're gonna be cooking for us too when you're that age, bro. Like we can't we can't. Uh, Oh, yeah, Persian, can't stop Persian cooking yeah, that's uh, yeah makes me happy yeah. hey so good thanks for thanks for coming and having uh, caught it all with us Del we really appreciate um, yeah just being able to um, to have the space and for others to hear this caught it all it's um, you know I know from talking to others um, you know Lots of people listening and just kind of taking it all in and uh, learning different bits and incorporating it into their own mahi and um, the work that they're doing in their own communities. So, so um, yeah, kakaha to everybody kind of out there that's um, taking a bit away from this kōrero. Uh, but, you know, uh, in true traditional sort of fashion, whānau whānau haramai te toki, haumie, huie, tāhikie. This was the Taikie Podcast. Thank you for joining us this time around and make sure to keep tuned to hear more of our impactful stories. You can follow us on Facebook on Taikie and you can find all of these stories on Spotify, Anchor.fm and any of the other podcasting apps that you might use. Thank you and we'll see you next time.